It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After getting their butts whipped in Baltimore, the Seahawks will be looking to bounce back against the commander squad still hanging in the peripheral in the wild card race. Can Seattle get back in the winning uh, on the winning track at Lumen Field? We'll be diving in our latest crossover Thursday edition here. Locked on Seahawks, locked on commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington commanders, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s and Commanders fans. This is Corbett Smith of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Glad to be joined by David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. It's time for our weekly crossover Thursday special. The Seahawks set to host the Commanders at Lumen Field. Seattle licking its wounds after a really rough 37-3 loss in Baltimore. Meanwhile, Washington, even after trading away two really solid pass rushers. They find a way to get back in the win column against New England, and so they're going to be coming to town only a game under 500. So this provides a great opportunity for both teams. Seattle looking to bounce back, and David, obviously Washington, even with the trades, they are right in the thick of things to get back in the discussion for the wild card going into this game. And so I'm really looking forward to diving into this Week 10 matchup. This crossover special is brought your way by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedInNFL and use the code all lowercase LockedInNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. David, heading into this game, first time in a couple of years that Washington and Seattle have faced off against one another. And Washington, even with trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat before the deadline, they go out and they beat New England. They are right in the wild card hunt in that rugged NFC East. And this is a game that really is a must win for them. And even though Seattle's five and three, it feels like it's a must win for them, too, with two games against the 49ers. Cowboys coming up. They got a game against the Eagles coming up. This schedule is going to be brutal in the second half. So this is really a must win game for both teams at Lumen Field. Yeah, no, I mean, you just said it 100%. And you talk about some of those opponents. Uh, the Commanders got the Cowboys twice. They got the Niners, who now have Chase Young coming back to FedEx Field for Week 17. And they've got the Miami Dolphins, among some others. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, ironically, uh, like the Seattle Seahawks, outside of, I guess, just off the top of my head, the Los Angeles Rams and the New York Jets, assuming Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back in a few weeks. Um, like, the Seattle Seahawks are, are right there among the quote-unquote easiest opponents left on the commander's schedule, which shows you how tough the commander's schedule is because let's talk about that playoff picture. The Seahawks are sitting in fifth in fifth place in the NFC, so it's not exactly a cupcake conversation that any, any team is going to have in the NFC, but especially the team holding the eighth spot in the NFC. But, you know, I think, Corbin, for everything that's gone on with the Washington Commanders, both on the field, off the field, this entire season, and then, of course, during the regular season, I think if you were to tell most commanders fans coming into the year that midway through the season, there's no clean midway break anymore, but roughly midway through the season, the Washington commanders would be one spot outside of the wild card spot or the wild card race, but very much in contention. I don't think that most commanders fans would be happy, 
but they would be able to accept that and say, okay, let's let's just start building on some positives. And there certainly are some positives for the commanders to build on if they can keep the Seahawks from having a get right game, which, you know, that's that's kind of what the commanders have been at certain times of the season. So that's going to be key number one is don't let the Seahawks have a get right game against Washington like some other teams have already this year. Yeah, this is truly a get right game opportunity for the Seahawks, and they badly need this one after the second worst loss in the Pete Carroll era, only a 42 to seven defeat at the hands of Todd Gurley and the Rams in 2017 was worse than what just happened with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And you can look at both sides of the ball. This was a complete team meltdown for the Seahawks, even special teams. They made a bunch of mistakes, but everybody is looking at the offense. To me, that's the key storyline going into this football game, because the commanders have not been the Baltimore Ravens in terms of defense. They lead the league in yards allowed through the air. They've given up a lot of points, a lot of explosive plays downfield, a lot of air yards. If there is a game, especially with the pass rushers that are now no longer in Washington, that were traded away, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, if there's a game that Seattle can get that passing game rolling, this feels like a matchup that is – ideal for them to be able to do and you look at all the weapons Seattle has you just it, it's hard to fathom how rough it's been at times this year for them how inconsistent they've been and a lot of people are pointing at Geno Smith and he certainly made some mistakes along the way but the offensive line and the play calling have been very questionable and that has really impacted Geno Smith's ability to play at his best so I'm curious to see. It looks like they're going to have this second straight week with the same starting offensive line. That will be the second time that's happened this year. That is going to be key to making sure that Geno Smith has some time to throw. And Shane Waldron needs to help his quarterback out a little bit by using the middle of the field. All they did against Baltimore was run routes outside the hashes. And, well, that didn't work very well. So they've got to find a way to support their quarterback, who I still think is a top 10 caliber player at his position. If you put him in a spot to be successful, they have not done that this year. And the offensive line certainly played in with all the injuries they've had. But I'm looking at the offense. I expect the defense to be able to bounce back from what happened that, that was a rough second half, but they were on the field 40-plus minutes against the Ravens. Seattle's offense is the side of the ball that has to step up in this game, especially against a defense that, quite frankly, hasn't been in the same stratosphere as what the Ravens have been this year. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's a very fair assessment. You know what I mean? The, the Washington Commanders' defense was, was expected to be a top 10, top 8. They had aspirations of being the top 5 units. Uh, and they're nowhere near that. You know what I mean? They're, they're certainly, and there's nobody more disappointed in that result so far this season than the players in the locker room and the coaches uh, that are on that staff. That is who they are. And you talk about those explosive passes and that's really the part of this game that is, is, is most concerning to me from a commander standpoint. If the Washington commanders are going to win this game, it's going to be because that secondary has found a way to keep the Seattle Seahawks offense from taking advantage of those explosive opportunities. And, and that, I mean, truly is, it kind of just marries up with the, the biggest story going on around the Seahawks. That is the biggest story. And, and I've said this on some other crossovers. So my everydayers, you've heard this before, but you also know it's still true to this day. We were expected to be worried about the quarterback this season. Like that's what we were supposed to be worried about this season is how quickly would Sam Howell get up to speed and how much would the defense be able to carry them until he got up to speed? Well, He's putting up multiple 300-yard games, four touchdowns here, three touchdowns there, second in the league in passing yards, uh, near the top of the league in touchdowns. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Sam Howell is doing some really good things. Now we're worried about the defense. So this season is completely flipped on its head. Um, but you look at some of the recent matchups that they've actually won. The Atlanta Falcons, they beat. The New England Patriots, they were able to beat. There, there's, there's, a, there's a common trend between those two games. 
And that is quarterbacks and Mac Jones and Desmond Ritter that were not able to take advantage of explosive opportunities because the opportunities were still there. They just weren't completed. And you look at the Seattle Seahawks, something that I'm surprised in, something that I'm sure, uh, Corbin, you guys are all surprised. And Geno Smith is currently 12th in the league uh, with an explosive completions of 15 air yards or more. And I know 20 yards is explosive, but I figure if you're completing 15 air yards, you're probably gaining 20 yards on most of those completions. Um, so that number is, is not terrible, but it's not as high as you would expect a roster. It's got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and even Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I understand has been coming on a little bit more uh, as of late. This could be a game where you see all three of those guys get right, as that, that is the phrase, and with it, Geno Smith. Yeah, that's going to be a perfect segue into our matchups because I do look at this being a game where Geno Smith, you know, the pressure's on, the hot seat is on him, whether fair or not, because this is a team that had top five offense expectations. I still think they can play to that level. It just hasn't come together. The offensive line has been a big part of that with the injuries, the musical chairs they played there, but they've still got those studs on the outside. Their rookie's starting to get caught up with the other players. Now can you get Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf playing to their potential? And this is going to be a game where it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out against Washington secondary. I'm sure we'll be talking about that and several other key matchups going into this week 10 game coming up next year on our crossover Thursday special on the locked on podcast network, which is brought your way by DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? That is a game day travesty that ensures you won't be cheering at your very best. Order on DoorDash and save on football wash party favorites. Right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, downloading the DoorDash app and entering the code LOCKED23. When I'm kicking back and watching the game with friends and family, there is no better place to order than Jet City Pizza, my favorite gluten-free pizza place in the Seattle region. You get a two-liter root beer, cinnamon sticks for the rest of the party. DoorDash makes the process easy so I don't have to leave the comfort of my couch for delicious, great-tasting food before and after kickoff. It's so simple, and I've ordered Jet City so much off the DoorDash app. The people who run the restaurant, they know me by name. Ready to satisfy your taste buds on game day? Quench those cravings with your favorite local restaurants via DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order by downloading the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCK23. Subject change. Terms apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Commanders. I'm Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks Podcast. Glad to be teaming up with David Harrison of Locked On Commanders. We've got this big matchup coming up in Week 10. And again, the Commanders, they are right in the thick of things to get back into that wild card race. The Seahawks holding the number five seed. They're technically tied for first place with the 49ers, the 5-3 and three record. The 49ers, though, get the tiebreaker at this juncture. So Seattle's got the first wild card in the NFC. So two teams that are very much in the playoff hunt. Seattle with the better record. Washington, though, is the team that's got momentum coming off a win going into this contest. Let's get to the matchups, David. And we'll start with 
the commanders on the offensive side of the football. What are you going to be watching most closely in this game coming up on Sunday from an offensive standpoint for the commanders? Yeah, it's, it's going to be Sam Howell against the Seahawks secondary, you know, and, and traditionally, obviously, you would talk about the receivers against that secondary and, and Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dodson, Curtis Samuel, maybe I, I'm kind of 50 50 on whether or not I expect him to actually play this weekend. We'll see how the week of practice goes uh, and all that stuff. And then you also got guys, you know, Byron Pringle has, has carved out a little bit of a role. Jamison Crowder has had kind of a small resurgence and De'Ami Brown is always a threat to have a big player, too. Uh, in a given game. But the Seattle Seahawks defense is not giving up a lot of explosive passes. And, you know, the Washington Commanders and, and Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell have shown that they are willing to take the checkdowns and, and, the, and the small passes to try to lead to the big passes, but they are still trying to lead to those big passes. And that's really where my concern comes in because Sam Howell, in, in the evolution of a young quarterback, right, you've got the physical attributes, you've got the mental attributes. Well, the physicals are all there. We know he's got the arm. He put the ball placement there. There's been all kinds of graphics going around early this week about, you know, big time throws and all this stuff that Sam Howell is making. So we know those things are there and he's more mobile than I think some people give him credit for or realize uh, until they see him in person. The mental side is really where we need to see things pick up. And this is the second of back-to-back major tests for a young quarterback because against the New England Patriots, it was all about pre-snap recognition. It was all, all about immediate snap recognition as well with Bill Belichick and his ability to decide uh, to disguise his coverages and his blitzes. And you never know where guys actually coming from. Against the Seattle Seahawks defense, I think this is the other side of the mental equation, whereas you have to temper your want to be super aggressive because if you overswing against the Seattle Seahawks defense, I think that they're going to make him pay. And I really look at this game, uh, Corbin, if if the commanders win, I think Sam Howell throws at least two touchdowns. If the commanders lose, I think Sam Howell throws at least two interceptions. I really think that's going to be the swing in this game because it's going to be based on how Sam Howell can place the ball against these cornerbacks that uh, that Seattle has that uh, most Washington fans wish that they had instead. Yeah, I'm looking at a very similar matchup, but you mentioned the quarterback. I'm talking about the receivers here because I think the commanders, one thing that they have done a great job, and they've had their roster building issues over the years, but they've got three very different style receivers for Sam Howell to throw to. And I think that that plays well against the Seahawks, who they've got a little more versatility in that secondary than what they've had. But Reek Woolen's had a disappointing sophomore season. There's been a couple games that he's looked like his rookie self, but then last week he looked horrible against Baltimore. They exposed him as a run defender and in coverage. Devin Witherspoon's been fantastic most of his rookie season. He didn't play very well last week either, though, and he's mostly been playing the slot. Trey Brown on the other side has made some big plays, but there's also been some missed tackles left in the field. It it just feels like a matchup where the Seahawks, I don't know that they have the talent advantage there. If everybody's playing at their best, I think their corner group is as good as anybody's, but they've been inconsistent at times, and Washington's got three very different receivers that can all do damage in different ways. Sam Howell's been throwing the ball, getting it downfield. Seahawks don't give up a lot of explosives in the passing game, but still, this is a very overlooked receiving core that I think has a lot of talent, very different style players that I would have some concerns about if the Seahawks are not in their A game. So that is, to me, the matchup that defines this game. And flipping the script now when the Seahawks are on offense, I'm going to be strictly looking at the interior offensive line against Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen because the commanders don't have the two stud edge rushers they have. They traded away Montez Sweat. They traded away Chase Young. But I'm still really worried after seeing what the Ravens did to Seattle's interior offensive line last week. And Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are both very good players. That is a strength for this football team. 
So can you keep that pocket from collapsing so that Geno Smith actually has a little time to read what's going on and make the right throws? He didn't get that opportunity last week. I think the tackles can be okay on the outside, but interior pressure really can mess up an entire offense. And that's something that concerns me a lot from a Seahawks perspective going to this game, even though they're going to have the same starting lineup a second week in a row. Maybe that helps. This has been a problem for them in the run game too, being able to create push for Ken Walker third and Zach Charbonnet. Yeah, what's well, going to be interesting there, you know, it's it's the it's the continuation of the story of what's going to be the Washington Commanders' identity without Chase Young and without Montez Sweat. You know, whether whether the the production was there on a consistent basis year in year out from either of those guys uh, or not, there was no denying that those two guys really kind of gave the personality to the defensive line and the pass rush from the Washington Commanders, even if they weren't necessarily pound for pound the best pat, uh, players, you know, on on that defensive line. And now they're, this is a group that's in search of their, their personality, you know what I mean, of their identity uh, that in that front four alone. And last week, no sacks against Mac Jones and New England Patriots. You had some pressures, a couple of quarterback hits, and a lot of people kind of came out a little bit deflated and a little bit discouraged. But, you know, something that I've kind of pointed to to give them a little bit of encouragement is, you know, the, the, the pocket containment and the edge containment against the run uh, against the New England Patriots was much better. The 64-yard the run that Ramondre Stevens had against – uh, the Washington Commanders defense was, you know, obviously the anomaly, a big anomaly, but fortunately it was the anomaly. So if you can continue to do those things, you kind of sacrifice a little bit of explosiveness for a little bit more consistency and technical execution. And then you have to hope that the back end can kind of feed off of that and, and make and make things happen. So one week, you know, and anything doesn't doesn't tell the tale of what you're going to become. Two weeks starts to tell that tale. So we'll see if we get a good version of the Washington Commanders defensive front or not. But like you said. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne expected to carry a lot more weight. And actually, Jack Del Rio's defense, according to uh, the tallies, I was able to find blitz about 23% of the time against the New England Patriots coming into the season. They were blitzing about 17% of the time. So that shows you that there is an, there is an increase already in the amount of aggression that Jack Del Rio is showing. So again, you talk about those receivers and this defense's uh, willingness to give up some explosive plays. If Geno Smith can react to those blitzes, that some of those are going to be unscouted now because of that increase. Uh, that could bode well for the Seahawks, but it could also lead to some mistakes by Geno Smith and potentially some opportunities for takeaways from the commander's defense. Let's talk wild cards real quick. A player maybe that's under the radar, not being talked about, that you could see having a big game and potentially swinging things into the commander's favor on the road. Yeah, I'm going to look at Antonio Gibson. You know what I mean? Brian Robinson Jr. is the number one back, and, and everybody's going to know that the, the commanders are going to try uh, to see if they can get some some yards up the middle and, and off tackle with him and and do all those things. But Antonio Gibson is really kind of that X factor because when we talk about the talent in the receiver group, you know, if they can push the ball a little bit, if they can get those Seahawks defenders playing a little bit deeper coverage, open that umbrella up just a little bit more, then you can get Antonio Gibson down there against uh, you know, he's, he's not a super big guy, but even you, he's there's still going to be opportunities against smaller defensive backs or slower linebackers or safeties that don't have the right combination of skills uh, to really work with them. Something that we were all excited for coming to the season and even A.G. himself was excited for was the opportunity to potentially split wide and actually play more of a receiver route almost, even though he's a running back. Haven't seen that as much. Would love to see that get unveiled here uh, by Eric Bieniemy. He has been unveiling more and more of his offense, Corbin, as we've gone through. Uh, in the first 15 plays last week against the New England Patriots, they came out in eight different personnel groupings and looking and, uh, and alignments within those looks. That is a lot more than we saw earlier in the season, and it just shows how comfortable EB is getting with Sam Howell in this offense. 
From a Seahawks perspective, I've got to go with Jake Bobo as my wild card here. I, I mentioned all the other receivers that the Seahawks have, and they're wanting more production from DK Metcalf, from Tyler Lockett. Jackson Smith and Jigba's been coming on, but Jake Bobo didn't have any catches last week. In the games where they have gotten him the football, they just win. The guy just, every time he's involved with plays, he finds a way to make a positive impact. And so I look at this game with the Big plays the commanders have given up. Jake Bobo's not a guy that's going to run a 4-4. He actually ran a 4-9-9 in his pro day. He's more of a 4-6, 4-7 guy, in my opinion, based on the way he runs in the field. But he's not a burner, but he gets downfield. He's a very smart route runner. And I think they're going to try to find some ways. He's played especially well at home. I think he's a player to keep a close eye on against a secondary that has given up more passing yards than anybody in the league. Number 19, it might be time for some more Bobo here in Week 10. Coming up next, we are going to shift gears to keys to victory. And I don't know that we'll be dishing out score predictions, but we're just going to have some predictions looking at the spread coming into this football game. Don't go away. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is brought your way by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together here on the show. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts, who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want to chat a little bit more about some personal stuff. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and Revatio prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secured out. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here, Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Commanders. I'm Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Glad to be joined by David Harrison, the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. We've got this big NFC matchup, a key one in the standings. The Commanders just on the outside looking in in the playoff race. The Seahawks holding the number five seed currently. These two teams set to duke it out at Lumen Field on Sunday. Let's talk keys to victory. The Commanders have some momentum. Even though the Patriots are not very good this year, a win is a win in the NFL. and The Commanders are able to get it done. They're going to be coming out to Pacific Northwest with nothing to lose here, looking to get even further up in the standings. And the Seahawks, they're still licking their wounds after that awful loss in Baltimore. What do the commanders need to do, David, to go into Seattle and find a way to escape with a win? 
steal at least two possessions. That's that's how I'm going to put that. Steal at least two possessions. This commander's defense has been a lot better at forcing and recovering fumbles uh, than it has been taking advantage of interceptions. But the last time this defense faced a quarterback that's got uh, close to as many turnover-worthy plays as Geno Smith has so far this season, according to Pro Football Focus, it was Desmond Ritter, and they were able to take three of those away. I don't think they're going to get three against Geno Smith. And, and I know that lately, the last, I think, four weeks, he's only thrown one interception, so most of his interceptions come in earlier in the season. But this is still the season where Geno Smith is having, I think, his fourth highest turnover uh, interception rate uh, as, a, as a quarterback in the NFL. And I'm not saying that, you know, uh, the, the bells are tolling or, or the, 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 the letter is being written or, or anything else. I know there's a lot of Drew Locke fans out there. I'm a Drew Locke fan for the record, but I don't know that it's time for Drew Locke in Seattle myself. Uh, Corbin, that's more your lane. But if this Washington Commanders defense can take away at least two possessions, you know, whether it's interceptions, whether it's fumbles or even the special teams muff somewhere, uh, then I think that gives them a chance. And, and I think they got to need that in order to beat the Seattle Seahawks on the road. It's going to sound cliche, and a lot of times when we talk about these keys to victory, I dive into real technical stuff or specifics, but to me, it's don't beat yourself. This is what the Seahawks did last week, and what people weren't watching the game closely don't realize is that Baltimore was up 7 nothing midway through the second quarter. It's not like this game was a blowout early, and Seattle created a turnover late in the first half that gave them a chance to make it a one-score game, and they couldn't capitalize on it, so the game was one of those that really snowballed on Seattle in the second half with the Ravens ripping off a bunch of big runs. But Seattle on both sides of the ball had so many self-inflicted wounds, self-inflicted wounds. They came in and missed more tackles than they've missed in any game this season. They had a couple false start penalties on offense. They had some drops. Jackson Smith and Jigba had a third down drop early in the game that I think set the tone for the way the rest of the game was going to play out. Seattle just seemed flat after that. They have to play their game, play within themselves, and that includes the people that are on the sidelines. They need Shane Waldron to dial up a quality game plan that gives Geno Smith an opportunity to be successful and his offensive line an opportunity to be successful. So don't beat yourself. And that really goes for both sides of the ball, and that's eliminating those turnovers too because that's been a big problem for them the last four games, eight turnovers by Geno Smith during that time. They need to protect the football and they need to not beat themselves. And I think if they can cut down those self-inflicted wounds, this is still a team that I think has enough talent to be in that upper echelon of the NFC, but they haven't put it completely together to this point. So they have to play clean football to have a fighting chance. Keeping that in mind, coming into this game, the Seahawks, the last that I checked, they were six and a half point favorites in this game, which surprised me, to be frank with you, David. I thought it was going to be yeah. much tighter than that, but Seattle has been much better at home this year. They've gotten a little bit of that 12 advantage back at Lumen Field that was missing the last several seasons. It's been noticeably louder in the stadium this season with some of the young rookies and young players they have, the fans are really excited about, but nonetheless... I didn't expect that the spread was going to be that wide with the Seahawks coming off of that awful blowout loss to the Ravens, but they're back at home. Uh, expectations are that the Seahawks are going to bounce back in this game. You look at that spread. How do you feel about the commanders being able to come in and cover that or even pull off the upset here against the Seahawks? Yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of made a rule for myself going forward, Corbin, that if, if I don't think this Washington Commanders offense can put up at least 25 points against the defense they're about to face, then I'm not going to allow myself to predict a Commanders win. And, you know, when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, we already kind of talked about some of the playmaking ability. 
uh, in, in the secondary and how that's in the, how that could potentially impact a young quarterback. Uh, the Seahawks have given up 25 or more points four times. They've given up 20 or less than 25 points four times. So it's pretty much split. Uh, and it's two and two, two twice on the road they've done it, twice at home they've done it. Uh, the Commanders are a better team on the road. Do I think this Washington Commanders team can put up 25 points against Seattle Seahawks? Uh, yeah, I, I think that is possible. Um, and this is, again, going back to what I already said. I think Sam Howell either gets two touchdowns or he throws two interceptions. And that, to me, is going to be the impact on the game. So, you know, this isn't going to help a lot of people who are looking to bet. But if the Washington Commanders win, then then obviously they're they're covering that. They're underdogs, so of course, they're covering that. But if they lose, it will be by more than six points, uh, certainly. So really the question, if you're a betting person, is do you think the Washington Commanders are more likely to throw or Sam Howell is more likely to throw two touchdowns against the secondary or two interceptions against the secondary. How you feel about that should tell you how you should feel about which line you're going to take in this game. Yeah, I feel like it's really difficult to put a finger on what to expect from a betting standpoint from the Seahawks team this year, because as you mentioned, the defense has had four games. They've been really good. They've had four games where they haven't been good. And then the offense has been so inconsistent. So like trying to figure out what's going to happen there. I think the Seahawks on paper are a six and a half points or better football team than the commanders are, but they haven't played to that level. Even with a five and three record, they have not had many games. They've won a number of games where it felt like they were trying to steal defeat from victory. So this is a team that has yet to put everything together. So I would say right now that that six and a half point spread, I actually like Washington's chances to be able to cover that and potentially win just because I just, I don't trust the Seahawks at this point to play to their potential. And maybe this is a game that it happens Uh, at some point you would think that the light switch is going to come on, especially on offense. But until we see it, it's really tough to predict what this football team is going to do. I I expect that this is going to be a close game because that's really what the Seahawks have played all year. Other than last week, they have played tight games. They have a tendency to play down to competition too. Unfortunately, so until they're able to show they aren't going to do that, I think this is a game that has a chance to be really close. And Washington is a team that I think could put Seattle on upset alert. But I'm sure both of us will have predictions coming up on our Friday episode. I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks. He's David Harrison for Locked On Commanders. Thanks to all the 12s and Commanders fans out there for listening to Crossover Thursday. And make sure to subscribe to Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Commanders on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss an episode, including tomorrow's Friday episode coming up. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Go Hawks. Go Commanders. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.